Hey everybody, it's Drags. It's Wednesday, May 29th. Hope everyone had a good Memorial Day weekend. Time for episode 300 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. Welcoming back this week, Alex Barth of CLNS Media, who along with myself and Evan Lazar cover the NFL on the Patriots for CLNS Media. You can follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth, R-E-A-L-A-L-E-X-B-A-R-T-H. What's up, Alex? How are we doing, Trags? Just, uh, you know, recover, as I'm sure you are, uh, recovering from the Bruins game last night. Yeah, the Monday night game uh, on Memorial Day weekend, great way to end the uh, weekend, but it makes for a uh, short turnaround when you're uh, working both the uh, Bruins and then uh, want to get caught up on all your Patriots news. What did you think of uh, OTAs last week? What were your big t- takeaways? So I'm going to kind of go with the crowd because I think everybody was right on this one. The big takeaway from OTAs is that Jake Bailey can kick. Jake Bailey can kick the ball. He was regularly pinning punts at the one. He had kickoffs going 75 yards in the air. A number of Patriots players, and I was right down at field level at one point when he was kicking, a number of Patriots players were just vocally ecstatic with what he was doing. The spin on the ball terrific, and Ryan Allen's not there. And if I'm him and I see these reports, I'm booking the first flight to Foxborough. Um, I know that's kind of a cop-out takeaway, but you know, and and you're going to get annoyed with me for saying this, just like Evan Lazar did, but let me finish this thought. I'm not comparing him to Ray Guy, but Al Davis often said the oh, best. Oh, God. Let, just let's, it's just, let me set up the quote. In reference to Ray Guy, Al Davis often said the best weapon for a defense can actually be a good punter. And, you know, Ryan Allen's a good punter. He certainly is. He can be a weapon at times. If Jake Bailey can kick the ball cons- as consistently in games as he did in OTAs, which is a huge if, I get that. But, I mean, it, it's not like he had three or four good punts. It was every single kick was landing inside the five that's a real weapon for the defense so just wanted to set up that quote didn't need to make a full-on comparison that's not what i'm trying to do but um you know i i'm excited the reason i'm excited and i think a lot of other people are so excited about jake bailey is if you're somebody who's really into the x's and o's of the game and the chess match of it an elite punter can be just as good as a shutdown corner in some ways or an elite pass rusher because when the defense is defending 80, 85, 90 yards behind them instead of 60 or 65 yards, it makes a huge difference. So not to start the show off with the minute of punter talk, but there well, we are. I, I, it's I Patriots. It's important. It, and it's important. It's a very important issue. And Bill Belichick, um, we all know that Belichick uh, very much values special teams players as weapons. I know our boss, our executive producer, John Zanis, thinks that uh, Belichick goes overboard on special teams players and, and paying them. But I think uh, certainly it's worthwhile for uh, the Patriots to have as many weapons as they possibly can in special teams. Now, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Evan Lazar. Okay. C- could they keep three kickers on the roster? I just don't know why they would. I, I suppose, but Steven Gustavski can handle kickoffs. If you're, I don't think you're going to keep Bailey just for kickoffs and you're not just going to keep Ryan Allen as what a holder. Um, uh, I, I don't see it, especially with how much talent they have on their roster this year. I said it a couple of times. I think I said it last time I was on with you. The NFL talent on their 90-man roster is at least 65 players deep. It might even touch 70. So 
I just – I don't see a way they can swing it. What I could see them doing, and I haven't been able to find the actual number on this because you have to go so far back. Um, it's been at least a decade since the NFL has seen a punter traded, and if anybody's going to break that trend, I think we know who it is. And you know, people say, oh, why'd they take Jake Bailey in the fifth round? Maybe they wanted to trade that pick. Bump it into a 2020-2021 pick, something like that. They couldn't find a taker. So they know if they draft Bailey, they can trade him or Allen for a fifth or a sixth uh, at some point this summer. And maybe that's how they kick the can down the road with that pick. Maybe Belichick just wants to trade a punter. He likes making NFL history, but I, I don't see them keeping three. I don't, But I could see a situation where they don't cut either punter and they, they try to and, and maybe successfully trade one. All right, I'll buy that. Let's move on. Speaking with Alex Barth of CLNS Media. Anyway, sorry, if you don't mind, let me just say one thing. Yeah. It was just one day. We've all had outstanding days. Mike Cloud once rushed for 90 yards and two touchdowns, right? Um, that's one of my things to watch at, at minicamp is, is did he just have like the greatest day kicking the ball of his life or is it sustainable? We do have, let me just put that disclaimer on what I said. Yeah. And who was it that had the 205 yard game in Indiana? Jonas Gray. Yes. Thank Jonas you. Gray. Jonas Gray. Yes. Well, Eric Lee had that one game with two sacks. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'm just. Helping you make your point. <laughs> Speaking with Alex Barth covering the uh, NFL and the Patriots down in Foxborough along with myself and Evan Lazar, of course. Um, I want to move on to uh, Ben Watson. He's going to start the season uh, with a four-game suspension. Uh, yet, the, And the Patriots knew this, um, but uh, he was uh, taking um, uh, some illegal – um, or what uh, the NFL considers illegal enhancements, uh, illegal supplements, uh, while he was retired but came back out of retirement. Um, how do you read that whole situation? Why would the Patriots touch him and bring him back uh, just to be a locker room influence? Is it that big a deal? Because they're cheaters and they, they know the end of the foul will let him get Please away with it. And Belichick it. doesn't care. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, why did they do it? Because they need a tight end. And here's a little saber metrics for you, Trags, and for everybody listening along. Uh, the last three seasons, the Patriots have had a, sus- a player suspended for four games to start the year. 2014, 2016, 2018. The last three years, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. 2014, 2016, and 2018. Oh, I'm not going to go through. I'm not going to the time okay. the players Look those up. But, Evan um, Lazar is going to love this podcast because <laughs> I'm going to crap all over you and I'm just going to abuse you because you're reaching way too far. But, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is is why would – you know me. I like to make small points with big gestures. Um, the Patriots can, can afford this. They can they can when they we say they need a tight end they need a tight end in December and January and February they don't need a tight end in September they will get by it's kind of what they do it's one of the major luxuries of having a quarterback like Tom Brady and and a coach like Bill Belichick I think that uh, you know why did they do it they knew that Rob Gronkowski there was a good chance he was going to retire they knew that the tight end market was going to be weak at free agency they probably didn't like any of the tight ends in the draft based on what we saw them do back in April and. I think they figured here's a guy that played at a pretty high level last year, has some rapport with Tom Brady, even if it was 10 years ago, has some experience in the system, again, even if it was 10 years ago. But, you know, a guy that they feel comfortable with, he's not a risk. You can say that about Ben Watson. The ceiling is probably pretty low, but the floor is incredibly high when you bring in a guy like Ben Watson. And considering they knew about the suspension, I mean, that's kind of the floor issue. And I will say it is a little dumb. 
that, you know, he was retired. He was taking something to help him heal from a brutal 16-year NFL career. That he was point. not a Absolutely. NFL career that would have helped him. And that, look, that's a bigger issue. He's suspended. He's not appealing it. It is what it is. This, and it's a unique situation where he retired and then he came back. And it is probably something the NFL should look at down the road. And it's unfortunate Ben Watson got caught in this situation, especially because you know, he has a suspension on his record now. People are going to talk about it without getting into the nuance of it. And he's a guy that, you know, just talk about one of the gentlemen of the game. Everything you hear about the guy is, is he's a gentleman, he's a scholar, he's a great father, he's a great teammate, all of it. So it's very unfortunate for him to get caught in this situation. But back to your point, why'd they bring him in even with the four-game suspension? Because they don't need him in September. They will get by. Matt Lacoste is, is not a world beater. Steven Anderson will – I do think he could be a, a potential weapon for them this year. Is not a world beater, but Watson's not a world beater, beater either. They will get by the month of September without him, and then all of a sudden in October when teams are just starting to kind of line up uh, their tendencies, you can throw a whole new wrinkle at him. The Patriots have done this before. They did it with Julian Edelman. They did it with Tom Brady a couple of years ago. They can handle it with Ben Watson. I don't think this was too much of a worry for them. I'm guessing he told them up front what the substance was, what the situation was. Look, if he's taking HGH or something – they probably don't look into this, but given all the circumstances around it, uh, I'm not surprised they still went through with it. And apparently they are not all in on Austin Safarian Jenkins in terms of what he may or may not be able to bring to the table. Look, he's a guy that has trouble staying on the field. He doesn't play full seasons. He rarely plays half seasons. So maybe that's why he's here. And I, the, the timing doesn't totally line up on this, but there were rumors they were going to sign Watson. Those fell off. Then they signed Severian Jenkins. Then the Watson rumors came back. So I wonder if that has to do with him, Watson, informing them of the suspension. It actually sort of lines up. Um, and maybe they just figure, okay, you know, we know we won't get 16 games out of Austin Safarian Jenkins. We might not get eight games out of Austin Safarian Jenkins. But if we get four games out of him and then we can cut him and throw him on IR or whatever, when Watson comes back, that's really all they need from him if he is the guy who fills that role. There will be a four-week tight end on this roster. I think he's a good candidate. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he's not a guy they expect a lot of. I certainly don't expect a lot out of him, but I think they could get four serviceable games from him until Watson comes back, sure. Speaking with Alex Barth, you can follow him on Twitter and should follow him on Twitter. He's really, all kidding aside, he's got some great uh, <laughs> takes and great tweets at Real Alex Barth. Uh, Doing my I, best to keep the people entertained. Yeah, you not only do that, but I do, uh, all kidding aside, uh, Alex, think you have a terrific uh, Twitter page because you bring up facts and you tweet out a uh, little anecdotal um, stories and, and references that I don't think a lot of Patriots fans are um, generally aware of. And I think that's one of the beauties of Twitter. And I think you use that uh, medium incredibly well. Um, by the way, uh, I don't think yeah. Tom Brady is going to be successful recruiting Rob Kronkowski out of retirement. Do you? I don't think Tom Brady will. I think there certainly is a path for him to come back, but I don't think it involves Tom Brady because – well, I mean it does, but you know Gronk knows what he has with Brady, and Brady knows what he has with Gronk. I don't think there's a lot that needs to be said between those two. I think it's more the coaching staff and the higher-ups and Kraft convincing him to come back. If if that is the direction they go um, and they do try to bring him back at some point, but I, the biggest recruiter is probably going to be him. I think that if he decides he wants to come back, the door is going to be wide open. For them, I, I would be surprised if sure, it wasn't. Of course, it would be, uh, but the issue is his back, and how close is he to a right. fourth back surgery, and how much 
pain is he in and what is his quality of life? And well, look, the thing is, if they're rolling, and this kind of goes back to the tight ends, and if they can get used to getting by with two tight ends without Watson, if they just sign him by the deadline, he has to be on the roster to play in the playoffs. If they if they feel comfortable just leaving him inactive, he could in theory be inactive until you know wild card weekend, divisional weekend, wherever they start off in the playoffs. That is such it would be a, a weird thing to do. It would be totally unprecedented. Well, but the other I thing mean, is, not, I wouldn't rule he's anything a great out tight end, Alex. But not even Rob Gronkowski can go from not playing to being ready to right. play maybe, in a playoff game. Maybe he plays week seventeen, whatever. But my point is, as I forget what the deadline is, I think it's the first. I think it's the first week in December. But as long as he's on the roster in a spot, no, it's later because Stephen Jackson played in the playoffs and he signed before week That's sixteen. Right. So I wouldn't rule it out. I, I wouldn't rule it out at any point. I, I would not. As, as long as he is eligible to play, I would not rule it out. And Maybe a year off is what his back needs. Maybe 10 months in, he's good to go. I'm not expecting him to come back. I know a lot of people are. Um, I know most Patriots fans are. I think if you polled Patriots fans, over 50% would say they expect him to come back. I know Thanksgiving's the popular topic. I would guess if he does, it's more around Christmas. But I'm assuming that he's done. I'm assuming we don't see him again, at least not you know suiting up for the Patriots. Yeah, we'll I see I, him again. I, <laughs> I just – think that the guy's been through so much and he's got his rings. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else for him to accomplish, but we'll see how much he misses the game. We want to finish this podcast speaking with uh, Alex Barth of CLNS Media, uh, talking about Arizona State, or the rookie out of Arizona State, Nikhil Harry, um, along with uh, Jake Bailey, the sensation of OTAs, <laughs> um, Last week down in Foxborough, Nikhil Harry and Tom Brady. Tom Brady inviting him to work out at his home uh, with Julian Edelman. What did you think of that in addition to the OTAs? Um, and what do you think Belichick and McDaniels think of uh, those trio of players working out together on their own? So Harry looked real great at OTAs, but it's tough to tell because there's no contact and he's a physical receiver. So we can't fully tell what his skill set is in that setting we won't know until july i think it's what the third or fourth practice of the year is normally when they throw the pads on right he looked good he looked promising honestly the biggest positive to me from the whole thing wasn't even anything i saw on the field it was after practice when he was talking to the media and somebody asked him what he needs to improve and he sort of interrupted the question he didn't even really let the reporter finish the question and said i know i need to be a better route runner they're working with me on it i feel like i've already gotten better but i know i need to be a better route runner and that was something that everybody said since they drafted him is going to be the big issue is can he run routes at a level that the patriots want him to it's not going to happen in one year but two three years down the line can he become an elite route runner and the fact that he already recognizes that to me is a huge deal because i think a guy when a guy like aaron dobson came in and granted i wasn't down there but i don't know that he didn't work at it but his route running never got better it just was what it was i was down there and so it never did get better it, but I don't know if he ever said that he was working on it or, or if anything like that. Um, so that was the most encouraging to me thing to me for him was just him acknowledging, and, and it takes a lot for a player to do that. A rookie in a new city, all this pressure, Super Bowl team saying, "Yeah, I'm not a great route runner." So I, I think you know told me a couple things. Kid's got a great head on his shoulders. He's focused on the right things. He's listening to the coaching staff. In terms of him working out with Brady, I think it's good because it's just getting him acclimated. You know, he's going, you gotta remember these players, and I think people forget this, and it, it's not a, a knock on the fans, it's hard to remember, cause, you know, you're used to seeing people on TV, they're characters, they're actors, this, that, whatever. 
Nikhil Harry is a real person. He's a, a what, 21, 22-year-old kid in a brand-new city, brand-new climate, brand-new everything in an intimidating situation. And I think to get some private time with Brady and Edelman just throwing the rock around in the backyard – it's going to help him assimilate. It's going to help him out, get kind of used to the locker room, used to the people he's around, build the chemistry, build the rapport. So I think it's good. And are Belichick and McDaniels happy about it? I mean, Brady's been doing these private throwing right. sessions for a long time, and they've been winning Super Bowls. So I can't imagine they'd have anything against it. Uh, I, I I can't help but see it as a positive. My only my the only reason I bring that up is because okay. he is a rookie. And I'm sure Belichick and McDaniels want Harry doing things on the football field under their watch all the time, as opposed to having to go out and do something with, you know, granted it's the greatest quarterback of all time and one of the other, one, another great patriot of all time in Julian Edelman, but Belichick and McDaniels would rather have Harry, um, would rather have, let's say, five or six or ten more practices, uh, with Harry under the team auspices and team control. And Belichick has made reference to this, uh, on numerous occasions, did so this past spring when, uh, you know, he's still pushing for, uh, the opportunity uh, for the team to have more exposure with the players, especially rookies. Right. Well, in a way, this is more exposure. Even if he's not there, it's still the quarterback and the wide receiver working together. And I don't think that if Belichick had a problem with it, I don't think it would have happened. I'm not saying he's enthusiastically pushing it, but if he didn't want Nikhil Harry there, I don't think Nikhil Harry would have been there. And I mean, like you said, it is exposure. It's not the full team, but it's the quarterback and wide receiver getting to work together. That's a fair point. I buy that. and, And something me, Evan, and Sierra talked about last week when we were at Gillette. And you can check this out on the CLNS Media YouTube page on the the latest Nikhil Harry video. Is that he's been working with Brian Hoyer for a couple weeks now, and Hoyer's he, he told us Hoyer's kind of been getting him into the swing of things with the playbook and the procedures and all of that. And what do we know about Tom Brady when it comes to his receivers? He's a drill sergeant, right? He's tough. He, he's going to demand perfection. He's going to let you know when you screw up. So that that can be intimidating. And Nikhil Harry said he wants to. Be in that environment. He told us during the draft that he likes being coached. He's a perfectionist. He wants to do things right. But I think you have him working with Hoyer first and that kind of, he, he hears the stories about Brady. He can start getting used to it. Then he goes with Brady one on one. So it's more of an intimate setting. Maybe Brady can coach him up on, on some of the more basic points. So he's not schooling him on the basics in front of the rest of the team. And then when they're out on the field together at minicamp, They've already had some of those introductory conversations. They can get right into it. So, I again, I think it's good, and it is more exposure. It's not the whole team, but look, if Bel- if Brady invited the whole team, or if Belichick would have Brady invite the whole team over if he could, but you know there'd be fines and suspensions and draft picks lost everywhere. You know who's to say honestly? And I'm surprised Belichick's never tested this. Let's say all the Patriots just happened to be hanging out playing a pickup football game down at Foxborough High or Brookline High or at BC, right? If they all just happen to show up there in the same spot at the same time and play a little pickup, it's not an organized practice. They're free individuals entitled to do what they want in their free time. Um, who say they couldn't do that? I don't I'm surprised Belichick's never thought of that. I kind of just figured well, that out on, on the fly. But, um, hey, guys, we're all going to go, uh, you know, little old school fun in the park, play some football down in the common. 
at uh, nine well, o'clock on all, Wednesday. First of all, <laughs> injuries. Second of all, you can't, if somebody does tweak something in one of those, you cannot have Patriots personnel tending to them. And uh, otherwise, what if those guys are hanging out? Beautiful day in the park. I am just being ridiculous. I yeah, know. Of but. course you are, but uh, you know it's it's worth bringing that point up because one thing can always lead to another, as we've found right. out. Right, he has the whole receiving group out there in uh, Montana. Right. And, and and again, if somebody tweaks something out there, uh, a Patriot can't, uh, you know, a Patriot official cannot tend to them, which, but, by the way, is why... Um, I think you're going to beat me to my point here. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's which why is Alex, why Carrero, Alex is Carrero is there and is not a Patriots employee. So maybe next time Brady invites the offensive line and he brings a couple cornerbacks to make it competitive and then some linebackers show up. All I'm saying is just maybe a nice little team bonding session. All right. Anything else you want to touch on? <laughs> um, the one other thing I'm interested in for uh, minicamp I will bring up, and I, I keep pushing this on people, and I know nobody's going to want to think it's important, but it is important. We're going to find out next week. What kind of helmet Tom Brady is wearing in 2019, his old helmet is no longer legal under NFL rules. There was a picture of him put out on Tuesday by his Twitter account working out on the beach wearing a Revo Speed. He previously wore that helmet in 2012. He said he didn't like it. He also said he didn't like the Revo Speed Flex, which he wore last year. So I know people think Brady's helmet is a minor detail. It is not when it comes to sight lines, when it comes to how fast you can turn your head, uh, when it comes to how well you can hear. You, can, you hear differently through different helmets. It's an important detail, and you hope he gets it figured out sooner in the process rather than later. So I think it is something important that not a lot of people are talking about heading into minicamp next week. So I'm going to continue stumping for it until I see it get the respect it deserves. So you can you can uh, dump on me for that. Evan dumped on me for that. But it's an important issue. It is an important factor pertaining to the Patriots. And if nobody else is covering it, I have no problem running with it. And it's certainly not insignificant to uh, one Tom Brady. I want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our great guest and colleague, Alex Barth, covering the Patriots for CLNS. You can and should be following him at RealAlexBarth on Twitter. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast. Or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.